Welcome to Into the Blue, a weekly look behind the scenes of the Tampa Bay Lightning with reporters Gabby Shirley and Chris Cran. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Into the Blue. I'm Gabby Shirley alongside Chris Cran. We are recording this episode from Boston. Live from Beantown, waiting for a big snowstorm. It's Monday afternoon right now. Sounds like tonight we're going to get a lot of snow in Boston. I don't think it's going to affect the game on Tuesday, but by the time you guys hear this, you'll probably know the answer to that. Gabby's still thinking about going to the Bean Pot final tonight, even with the snow coming in. To all our loyal listeners out there, I have been really indecisive recently. And here I am again. I just can't decide if I want to go. It would be helpful if my partner in crime here would also say he wants to go, but he changes his mind every three seconds. So I don't know what I'm doing. We'll see. We still got time to decide. Either way, um, we'll be most likely in TD Garden tomorrow night for sure. So we've had our fill of of hockey on this road trip. It's been a long trip. We're going to be gone for, you know, Tuesday to Tuesday will be a week by the time we get back to Tampa. Um, The first game back, obviously, was in New York uh, at Madison Square Garden. The Lightning taking on the New York Rangers. And it was just a very somber start to the road trip, wasn't it, Gabby? Yeah. Sorry, guys, that we're starting on such a somber note. But that is the game where Mikhail Sergachev was injured. Again, this time a lot more severe. That happened in the second period. Perhaps you saw the replay. It's really tough to watch, but his left leg was really twisted under him on that reverse hit um, that happened on Wednesday. Again, I felt like you could hear a pin drop in that arena, Chris. Um, Tampa Bay Lightning players were gathered around him. I think the Rangers cleared the bench, and he was taken off on a stretcher. Yeah, and it was just even you and I watching the game together, it was just one of those moments where... Like you said, the whole arena was really quiet. Um, And I think just even how sad you and I were for him, just with the road that he had coming back, um, you know, how long he was out with the previous injury, how excited he was to come back. And just, you know, there's injuries and then there's injuries like that. And I think, you know, like I said, even just you and I watching it, it was very hard to even get back into that game for us, um, just because that was all you could think about was how much pain he was in and how much it was affecting the team. Um, So I can't imagine how hard it was for them to kind of keep going throughout that game. Uh, And I think we kind of saw that on the ice, to be honest. I didn't think the Lightning had a bad game. They were at a little bit of a disadvantage. You know, the Rangers had already played a game out of the break. The Lightning hadn't. Um, And and I think, you know, it seemed like at the end of the game, the sentiment was that maybe their their legs weren't, couldn't quite keep up towards the end of the game. I think they they got a little bit tired. And it, it just must have been really hard playing after an injury like that happened. It's not often you see both teams coming on the ice to support a player after an injury. And um, unfortunately, Lightning fans have seen a lot of those over the years, but it's really just too bad for for Sergey with with all the work he put in. Um, I think he missed 17 games to come back and have that happen in the first game back. It was, it was really tough. And Chris, we've seen in other instances across all sports, really, that sometimes when there's a play like that, specifically maybe caused by a dirty hit of some sort that the team where the player was injured, they kind of rally behind that and say, you know, we're going to win this game for whoever was hurt. And perhaps the Lightning thought about that, Chris, but yeah, I just felt like it took the wind out of their sails. It wasn't really a dirty hit. It was just an unfortunate 
series of events. Um, and I just felt like the team was flat after that. I mean, I felt that way and I wasn't out on the ice. I don't think, I mean, right. The players were out there, but putting myself in their shoes, like that would have been hard for me. Um, so yeah, it just wasn't their game to win, especially after that. Um, Again, that happened on Wednesday. Thursday, Mikhail Sergachev had surgery in New York to stabilize a fracture in both the tibia and the fibula in his left leg. And then Saturday, for all of those, um, for all of you who follow him on social media, you already saw this, but he did post a photo of him on Instagram. He was outside in a wheelchair. Um, the caption was, family is here, first time outside in three days, life's good. So perhaps he's feeling a bit better now that the surgery is already behind him and the rehab process starts for him right now. Yeah, I mean, I think I can't remember exactly what what Steven Stamkos said after the game, but it was, you know, something along the lines of when something like that happens, it kind of grounds you and makes you realize, you know, the game they're playing. These these things can happen, these really dangerous injuries, especially someone like him who's been through those. Um, So I just think it's really hard to get back into a game after that, let alone Mm -hmm. the fact, like I said, that. You know, they were they were coming off the break and, you know, the Lightning, it seems like over the past few years coming off those breaks, they've struggled a little bit um, and and they just couldn't pull that one out. And then it's tough. You go right, you know, into a back to back right off the bat, coming back from the break. And I still didn't really necessarily think they had their legs all the way back for the Islander game. Um, but just going back a little bit, I feel like we've talked about this kind of these behind the scenes stories that fans may not hear all the time um, that we were able to tell on this podcast, but the dinner that you and I went to, um, it, it's really sad actually that that it happened this way, but just with the injury. But the night before um, the Ranger game, we were treated to dinner. Um, Mikhail Sergachev, I believe it was his idea um, to take all of us out to a Russian restaurant. Do you remember the name of the restaurant? I cannot remember the, the name of the restaurant, but it yeah. was outstanding. Yeah, just a very authentic, um, very authentic Russian restaurant, all the cuisine, all these different courses. Um, And he was really excited to be back on the road and to be with his teammates. And he took the entire team out, all of his teammates, the entire staff um, was really excited for us to go there. Um, It it was a treat for everyone. And and I think he was just very pumped to be back on the road. And then for that injury to happen right after that, it was just really tough to see. So we're thinking about him, um, you know, just a nasty injury. And who knows if the Lightning make a really deep run? Maybe there's a smidge of a chance he'd be able to come back, but he's going to be, um, you know, going through another long rehab process, unfortunately for him. But I don't know if you have anything else to add on on that. Yeah, just the one other thing I will add, Chris. I mean, I think that speaks volumes about the type of person Mikhail Sergachev is. And again, for everyone listening to our podcast, perhaps you already know that um, great guy off the ice. Um, and Chris, it was brief after we left the restaurant, the, the setup, we had like a, a back room, if you will, and there were three tables. So one long one for staff, a really long one for players, and then a smaller circular one where the players were sitting as well. And we were leaving the restaurant and I passed Sergi and I thanked him for dinner because he treated um, monetarily, if you will. And uh, he said, oh, yeah, you're so welcome. Like, I only wish like I could have sat with everyone because I really wanted to show you exactly how you eat this dish and what you pair it with and on and on and on. So again, he did something so nice for us. We were so happy and grateful to be there. And he just wished he could have added to the experience even more, which again, I just think speaks to the type of person he is. And as Chris mentioned, the timeline was just that much more unfortunate. That dinner happened right before the game, the night before. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, you know, fans don't really get to see that side of, of the players too often. And they only, you know, get to know the players through what they say in the media and, and how they see them on the ice. So he really is. He's, we probably say this about a lot of guys, but he's one of our favorites. I would say he's always very, very kind to us and just a really nice, genuine person. So um, we're thinking of him. And again, who knows with how far the season goes, maybe he's able to to somehow make a return. But it's just, it's it's really unfortunate that, you know, he worked so hard to get back and then you get hurt the first game back. It's not too good. And then, as I mentioned, um, you know, back-to-back game, the Lightning go to Long Island, 6-2 to loss to the Islanders. Um, and kind of a bad taste um, in everyone's mouth, I feel like, after that game between Coop and and some of the players in the locker room as well. It just seemed like they weren't very happy with the way they played um, and maybe the effort they gave as well during that game. The quote from John Cooper that sticks out to me, this is a part of a greater quote, but he said, we've looked slow, we've looked out of shape, we've looked like we took 10 days off. And right, that break, the All-Star break for the players that are not at the All-Star festivities it's great for them. You know, their guys are banged up. They're healing. They're taking a mental rest from the game. But still, they got to come back and kick it into gear. And that is hard. And John Cooper just seemed very disappointed in what his players were not doing following that break. Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough. Everyone has to go through the break. Um, and, you know, it's, it's guys' opportunity to go on vacation and enjoy themselves a little bit during the long grind of a season. And then you come back and you're really right into the stretch run of things. Um, but I think it's interesting, you know, like them kind of losing their legs a little bit throughout the Ranger game and then jumping right into the Islander game on a back to back. It's tough because you're like, OK, maybe now we have our legs with us a little bit. We had got a game under our belt, but then you're struggling with playing on consecutive nights. So it's tough. I mean, it, it wasn't the, the best game for the Lightning by any means. Um, you know, we saw some of those turnovers creep back into their game. And it was just um, just one of those games. And I thought. I think that's what made the game on Saturday in Columbus feel like a really, really big, important game because prior to the break, they had really scratched and clawed their way back into a playoff spot and and put themselves right where they kind of wanted to be. Um, you know, obviously, they'd like to be a little bit higher, but they were in a good spot. And then you drop the first two coming out of the break, and then you kind of have to start scratching and clawing again. Saturday against the Blue Jackets, it's a team that, similar to the Lightning against the Rangers, they hadn't played a game yet. Um, since coming back from the All-Star break. They're obviously not really a contender in the Eastern Conference right now, so they have some injuries as well. It was a big, big game for the Lightning. They needed to get points out of it, um, and they did. And that was kind of, again, the message after the game was, you know, I thought you asked a great question, Gabby, about, you know, does the end of that game, they give up the two goals in the third period. It's it's 3-2. to two. It's a tight game all of a sudden at the end when it kind of felt like the Lightning should have maybe coasted to the win. Um, after getting going up three nothing at the start of the third, and and Coop said it well though. He said, you know, it's every NHL building you go into it on the road, it's it's tough to win. So we'll take the points where we can get them. Um, and that was kind of the message. I thought for the most part the Lightning played pretty well. Those two goals in the third, it did kind of I thought sour things a little bit, but overall I thought you know especially compared to the the two games in New York, it was a step forward. Oh yeah, Chris, this was a great win for the Tampa Bay Lightning. We're gonna pick up the energy here too after a really somber start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right. I asked that question. Those final ten minutes, they allowed two goals. Did that take away from a pretty solid first fifty minutes? And without question, especially from John Cooper, he said no, absolutely not. And I think Chris really, that's when it hit me that like, oh man, this room was like, this is a must win game. We yeah. we knew they. 
they need to get points. They need to keep winning the losing those first two after the break. Not good. But I don't think it hit me until after the game, because usually, right, uh, as a professional athlete, you want to do everything to the best of your ability to the highest level. So I feel like this team, win or loss, is always kind of nitpicking things. And it was a very quick, again, especially from the head coach. Nope, we'll take these two points and we're moving on. Um, So it was a good win against the Blue Jackets. Uh, and another big game coming up against the Boston Bruins Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. A huge game. And as I said, um, we have a snowstorm coming in, but it seems highly unlikely that the game will, will get postponed. And, you know, they, they want to get more points than games played on the road trip. They have a chance to, as Brandon Hagel said, I think maybe after the Islander game, they, yeah, they can split it. Um, but this is, again, another huge game. The games against the Bruins always feel like they have a little bit of extra meaning to them um, and a very tough opponent that, you know, has been right near the top of the NHL pretty much all year. Tough building to play in. Um, again, I thought the, the game against the Blue Jackets was a step in the right direction. They were finding their game a little bit, um, kind of like we saw before the break. But I, I still think there's room for them to get back to how they were playing before the break. They were playing their best hockey of the year, particularly defensively. They were playing really good defensive hockey structured five-man unit you know the forwards were involved defensively um, but they know you I think you could sense it a little bit with practice today you know they were working on some things with their breakouts and their d zone I think they know how important this game is um, and as you mentioned the other day it's one of those measuring stick games against a really good team um, and you can kind of see where you're at but it's crazy to think um, I think going into the Boston game what there's 30 games left in the season now roughly that 30 29 games maybe mm-hmm. um, so it's you know, it's really coming down to it, and these points are becoming more and more valuable, you know, especially when you're playing a team in your own division. I, I don't think the Lightning will catch the Bruins by the end of the year, but, you know, those divisional games matter, um, and this is just a really good team that we'll have to see where the Lightning are at. Um, the Rangers are, are a pretty solid team, too, this year. They're, they've been playing well, um, but I think it's tough to judge that game just being the first game out of the break. Another thing to note, Chris, we are wondering if Tanner Janot could make his return. He's missed the past 12 games. Um, after being hurt, uh, ironically, if you will, in the game here in Boston on January 6th. So he could play um, on Tuesday against the Boston Bruins. We should perhaps know the answer to that um, at the team's morning skate on Tuesday. But he came on this road trip, it seems, for a reason. He hasn't played yet, but Tuesday could be the day. Yep. And we know that he is another guy like Mikhail Sergachev, who is chomping at the Mm -hmm. bit to get back in the lineup. We've heard that. He's very, very excited to come back. Um, another fun little side story. I obviously worked for the Bruins organization before I returned to the Lightning. And today at practice, um, saw some of the guys that I used to work with. Um, and we were talking a little bit. And and they had asked, is is he going to play tomorrow? Is Tanner Janot going to be back? And I said, you know, I'm not sure. Maybe we'll see. He's, he's getting close. Um, and they were not excited <laughs> coming back. They, they know. Um, Love that. They, they really weren't like this. That's a guy that, you know, they were like, man, I, I, they hope that he's not playing because his physicality, um, it, it's a factor. And I know that they, they had mentioned maybe, you know, some of the young guys on, on the Bruins, um, you know, when, when he's out there, it can be a learning experience for some of those players. So really excited for him to come back. I think I said this last week, but the Lightning have missed his game and just that jam. And, and again, that ability to make his teammates stand a little bit taller, um, they've missed him when he's been out. So really, really excited to see him come back. It's funny, actually, we were today looking at um, the Lightning's just stats from the season. 
uh, and I'm pulling it up right now, but you look at the hits um, <laughs> from throughout the year. Look and out. And Janoa's missed, you know, he's missed some time here. Um, but pulling it up here, he currently has 161 hits uh, in 41 games. Chernak is the only other player with over 100. He has 107. And then it drops all the way down to Glendening and Watson and DeHaan all have 72. Wow. So Janoa's at 161. Wow. Then Chernak at 107, then all the way down to 72. So this guy, you know, he is throwing his weight around when he's on the ice. And, you know, it seems like every one of his hits, um, you're feeling those. So just a fun player to watch, a good guy to have on your side. And hopefully he's able to play um, in Boston. That'd be a nice little boost for the Lightning. You know, it, it's it's too bad you thought with Sergey coming back, they're really starting to get healthy and, and finally have everyone available to them. But um, either way, having Janot back whenever it is, whether it's in Boston or, or back at home on Thursday, it seems like he's really close. And that's going to be a huge addition uh, to their team. And other teams are going to be looking out for Tanner Janot, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Chris, shall we move on to our Blue Line segment? Yes, for sure. Would you like me to read the first one? Yeah, read the first one. Give that phone number, though, because we haven't gotten yes. too many voicemails. Call yeah. us, guys. Call us. We were getting a lot of voicemails at the start of recording the podcast. Not as many lately. I know we have some loyal listeners that left messages in the past. I know you guys are listening. Call us. Leave us a message. You can hear your voice on the podcast. What else could you possibly want? <laughs> it's 813-301-6749. 813-301-6749. Our first question comes from Autumn. Um, obviously a loyal listener. Uh, she asks us a lot yes. of questions. Great questions, too. Yes. In recent years, the Bolts seem to have a tough time coming out of the All-Star break. Is there one thing that could explain this, or is it just sort of a culmination of time off and traveling, and even this year with back-to-back games? Well, Autumn, we touched on it a little bit, and I don't know if I can point to one thing. Again, I try, even though I am so far from the stamina that these guys have as far as being professional athletes, but I try to put myself in their shoes. And it was a pretty long break for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And the last thing these guys want to do is skate, be at the rink. Um, I would assume they're keeping their health in mind, but I don't see them, you know, going for a five-mile run. They really are just trying to rest mind, body, and regroup for what they call kind of the second half of the regular season. So with that being said, it's hard coming off of like 10 days of just chilling. And it doesn't take them long to get back into rhythm where they were because again they are professional athletes but it does take a little bit of time so I think it's probably just a a a culmination of all the things that you mentioned time off traveling back-to-back games certainly didn't help and um, I think John Cooper kind of alluded to it Chris that uh, he thinks that first game back the team with their first game back should also play a team on their first game back seems a little bit unfair when one team has a game under their belt already and then they're facing off against the team just coming off of the break. But that's just the way the schedule is. It is what it is. Uh, But yeah, I would say it's just um, a couple of different things. Your thoughts, Chris? I agree. And I mean, you think it it sounds kind of silly, but even just us, like traveling is exhausting. (laughs) You go on a vacation and and you get home and you, you know, you take that flight home from wherever you were, like you're, you're tired that next day. And um, I think another thing too, is a lot of these guys on the team, you know, over the past several years, really with the lightning, they have some older guys that have kids and, and have fam, bigger families. Um, so, you know, it's not like all these guys are just going and, and laying on a beach somewhere. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are running around with their kids and, 
trying to spend quality time that they really don't get uh, during the season and trying to make the most of that. So I think it's hard. Like you said, I don't think there's there's too much conditioning going on during those days off um, or that week off, whatever it is. And you kind of hope that when you come back, I think they had two practice days, maybe one or two. You hope that you can kind of, you know, really have a heavy practice. And I thought the Lightning did. Um, but it just seems to me like there's nothing. It's hard to replicate a game. 100%. Like, we've heard that a lot. Um, so it seems like they're they're in a good spot now. I think everyone's kind of, you know, three games back. They're in a good spot. But, you know, for whatever reason, they they have struggled coming out of breaks um, historically. And it's just a difficult spot to be in, I think, for any team. But you're right, Gabby. Like, it's it makes it extra hard when you're coming back and playing a team that's already played a game. And then as Autumn mentioned too, a back-to-back doesn't make things any easier. So good for them to get that one win out of the way in Columbus. And hopefully they can keep kind of going in the right direction because they really do have a tough schedule coming up here between Boston, Colorado. You know, they have Florida. Um, and I think they have another strong team on the homestand as well. So it's a big string of games here coming up. And, you know, they're going to need to have their best against some really strong teams if they want to keep kind of climbing their way up that ladder and, and hopefully making a playoff push. Our next question comes from Tampa Bay Lightning fan 21. When a guy like Sergey gets hurt in the way that he did, do they stay around the team or are they away from the team completely while they heal? Chris? This is a great question, especially just, you know, as he or she said at the beginning, um, when he gets hurt in the way that he did, um, specifically with this kind of injury, he's going to be resting for a while, right? There's not going to be much that he's able to do at all. I think it does kind of vary from guy to guy, too. Like, I know, you know, he's going to be rehabbing and going in and seeing, you know, the training staff and, and getting checked up on that way, I would imagine. But I think for the most part, probably, um, he's not going to be around that often, I would imagine. I think he'll be in the facility at times. Um, but in terms of, you know, there's just so many things like this trip we're on right now. Obviously, he won't be traveling with the team. Um, so it's kind of lonely, I would imagine, during that. Um and then, you know, he's not skating. He's not in the gym with the team during the day. Um, so I'm, to be honest, I'm not 100% sure how often he's going to be around the facility. But I wouldn't say he's away from the team completely while he's healing, um, especially with, you know, he's he's obviously very close with with guys like Vassy and Cooch. Um, and I think he's a guy that likes to be around the group. So he'll be around. I think that um, you know, we've seen guys in the past that have been injured there in the locker room, sometimes watching the games, um, whether it's with the training staff or whoever's back there. Um, so I don't think he's going to be away completely. Um, but it, it's just a lot of things that you miss out on again, like these road trips, um, skating at all in practice, really, and just things like that um, you're not really a part of. So I think that's kind of the hard part is just not really feeling like you're necessarily a part of the team. But I would imagine he'll be around a little bit. You know, Chris, I thought to send a text. Sorry, guys, I was looking at these questions and I had already seen him face to face at the practice. I didn't get a chance to talk to him, but I thought about sending a text to our head medical guy, our head athletic trainer, Tom Mulligan, asking him if he could weigh in on this question. Because again, a great one. Chris and I don't necessarily have the detailed answer. But then, as Chris mentioned, I, it really is on a case by case basis. So, yes, he could have answered perhaps in regards to Mikhail Sergachev. But my thought, Chris, Maybe more than you alluded to that, like, as soon as he's mobile, he's going to be popping in, seeing his teammates, his friends, staff. And yes, he's going to have a routine that he has to stick to. But I also assume it's going to be at the rink, right, where his teammates are. 
Um, I don't expect him, again, with this injury especially, to be traveling anytime soon. Usually we only see the guys that are injured travel when they're ready to come back or they're almost ready. I think Eric Chernak was on a trip earlier and he might not even have played, but he wanted to just get some practices under his belt with his teammates. Um, So that's tough when your team is gone on the road. Then you are by yourself um, with some staff back in Tampa. But I would expect him to be, as soon as he can move around when he's allowed to or without pain or when it's just easier for him, I would expect him to be uh, with his guys. Yeah, I would think so. And I think there's, you know, the rehab process, I would imagine, actually starts pretty quickly. um, And there's just little tiny things that you're going to start doing. Um, And I think part of it, too, probably is, you know, when the team is there for, say, like a practice day, they're there practicing at like 1030 in the morning. You know, everyone on the staff is is busy with with what's going on with the guys that are there um, and on the ice. I, I know they do have enough people around to where he probably could be there rehabbing while the team is there. Um, but, you know, it could be a situation where, you know, guys come, they practice, they eat and, and they're pretty much out of there. So maybe it's a situation where after they're gone kind of thing, he's coming in and doing rehab. Yeah, before or after. Yeah, but we'll we'll um we'll do some research on that and, and try to update you guys next week on on kind of how that goes because that's really a great question and I do think it kind of varies by player. Um but with his injury, uh I imagine he'll be spending a little bit of time here just at home, probably relaxing and, and spending some time with his family. Plus minus segment. Plus minus. I know I went um first last week. So. Are you sure? I can go first if you'd like. Mine aren't I don't want to say they're not good. They're not necessarily personal. You guys probably could even guess some of them. Um, no, but I'll go first. No, you go first. All right. Well, I hope you don't have the same plus as me. I'm indecisive. Go ahead. My plus is Brandon Hagel. Wow. Not, not my plus. plus. Okay, good. That's good. Um, Brandon Hagel, very quietly. Well, I, I shouldn't say very quietly, um, but I would say... He's been playing fantastic <laughs> for the Lightning since the the turn of the new year, really, since the beginning of January. Give the stat. Give the stat. Um, yep, I have the stat. He, um, since the beginning of January, I know he's, I'm trying to look for it here in all these words I typed up, but he's second on the team in scoring um, since the turn of the new year. The only player uh, with more points than him since the start of 2024 is Cooch. Cooch has 28 points since the start of 2024. Hags has... Since the start of 2024, he leads the Lightning in goals. Yeah, most goals on the team. Nine goals. So um, 18 points uh, since the start of 2024. And, um, you know, you're looking, he's on a six-game point streak going into the Boston game. Scored a goal in four straight games. Um, points in 12 of his last 14 games. So, I mean, it's it's been a really nice run for him. Um, you know, he's, he's one of Gabby and I's favorites with the way he plays. We were actually asked this question today, like just based off style of play, who do you like to watch the most, um, on the lightning? And, and he was the first one that, that came to both of our minds. Cooch is obviously up there as well with just how fun and creative he is. But I think lightning fans would agree. Brandon Hagel is just one of those guys that is always going all the time. A guy that plays with, you know, with his heart on his sleeve. Mm-hmm, that um, part. yeah. And he's going to be. You know, I would imagine it's tough to say with all the all the leadership they have in their room, but he's definitely a guy you could see in the future um, having an A on his jersey and being a part of the leadership group. I think we've already seen that at times this year with, you know, with with the way he's publicly st- stated frustration with the way the team has been playing. 
um, you know, earlier in the year, I think, and kind of, you know, making sure that his team knows they need to be better. I think that's been great to see. But, you know, points in 12 of 14, that's that's a really positive number, um, 18 points during that span. And he's just picked it up offensively and been one of their top guys, as I said, you know, since the turn of the new year, most goals on the team. Uh, and he's probably... I'm not sure if I would say they're best, but you could argue top two, top three, maybe the best five on five player they have, even strength goals, um, even strength points. You know, they're, they're both, I believe, second most on the team. I think even strength goals, he's tied with Braden Point for the second most on the team. But I know even strength points, he's only behind Cooch. Um, so just a very strong five on five player. And we've said it throughout, you know, multiple weeks on this podcast at different times, but that trade by Julian Breezeball, I mean, it just looks better and better every day. They gave up a lot to get this guy, but he's a huge, huge part of the team. Um, and you just can't have enough of those guys that play the way he does. Lightning fans know from Yanni Gord and, and how upset that they've been since he left the organization, really. Um, guys like Brandon Hagel don't come around that often. And for whatever reason, it's just a very unique style of player that is always going all the time. Um, and he has that, that touch where he can score as well. Um, and a great guy in the locker room, too. So just been a really nice start to 2024 for him. So he's going to be my plus this week. That was such a great plus. Thank you. Excellent. My plus is going to be better, though, because Ooh. my plus, Christopher Kren, is you. Oh, gosh. I thought it might be. <laughs> I thought it might be something like that. Well, this is a great plus, then. <laughs> it is a great plus. Wow. So you guys know Chris and I do this podcast together. We sit next to each other at Amelie Arena. We're around each other a lot. I would never say too much, though. I would never say too much. A lot. Chris has been traveling more. And I'm not going to go into all the dirty details. Please don't. Please don't. (laughs) But I'm just going to leave it at, I think it would summarize it nicely, Chris. Two words. Darts and dancing. (laughs) This guy is so funny. I don't know if you've caught on to this, guys, because when we do this podcast, obviously, he is taking his job very seriously, talking about hockey, giving you stats, numbers. So I don't know if you've caught on, but he is so funny. And like my face hurts when I'm done hanging out with him, whether it's for 30 minutes or five hours. Um, I'm blushing over here. and, And we've been on the road for a really long time this trip. Tuesday to Tuesday, we'll fly home after the Boston game. So a lot of together time. And I just think he's so funny. Uh, Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That was so nice. I've always liked you for the record, but like you just keep getting funnier. Oh, thank you. I know Gabby says like, (laughs) stop making me laugh. Like my face hurts. Stop making me laugh. But Gabby's just the nicest person on earth. So I'm like, oh, she's just saying that. Like, I'm not that funny, but we have. It's been a very, very fun road trip. I told Gabby when I saw her. Um, missed you so much from the break. Yeah, I really did. We just, Gabby and I have so much fun together, and we really like never fight other than the fight we had on the podcast a few weeks yes, ago about we our recording public. time. Yeah, but we have a great relationship. <laughs> I'm very thankful for you too. So thank you. That was a very nice plus. You're welcome. Appreciate that. Um, my minus, for whatever reason, seems to like, I think more than half my minuses have been football related, but <laughs> kind of a not really like the most exciting minus, but the San Francisco 49ers coaching staff. Did you see this headline after the game? No, like, I didn't. So me. We watched the Super Bowl together. We did. And a lot of the players on the 49ers apparently had no idea that the overtime rules were different this year for the playoffs. What? Yeah. So they said there were a bunch of guys that came out in their post game and said they didn't know about the rule changes. 
Um, so it sounds like the coaching staff kind of little unprepared. I think I saw a stat that Kyle Shanahan has had. As far as like them getting a, they didn't realize the importance of what though. Well, I think it's just like, I think in the regular season, if you you know if you go to overtime and the first team to possess the ball scores a touchdown, you win the game. Right. But this time, if San Francisco were to score a touchdown when they got it, Kansas City would still have a chance to possess the ball, which I guess a lot of players didn't know. We didn't know until we saw it on the screen um, when we were watching. But I think I also saw Kyle Shanahan, I'm pretty sure, has had a double-digit lead in three Super Bowls, and he's 0-3. Pretty yes. sure I saw that too. Yeah, but I hate to see. I mean, you have two weeks to prepare for the game. You don't go over overtime like one time, especially if they, I think the rules I mean, were changing this year. Didn't we all think this was going to be a close game? Yeah, seriously. So, and and the fact that multiple players came out after and said, yeah, we didn't know. Wow. Um, kind of interesting. And then you look at it too, you're like, we were talking about it today. I think me and Randorf were, but it probably would have been smarter to take the ball second if that was the case. Because you look at Kansas City, like, you know what you need. San Francisco, yeah, they kicked the field goal. And then Kansas City gets the ball. They had fourth down. They knew they had to go for it because you know what you have to get. Um, it's true. So it's it's kind of interesting, um, especially for the biggest game of, of your life. A lot of guys won't get back to that game. Tough look when you have two weeks to prepare and you're not prepared. I did not know that. Wow. Yeah. So that's my minus. Nothing too crazy. That's a great minus. And my minus, we've already talked about it too much because it's so sad, but it is Mikhail Sergachev's injury. Um, Chris, like we've already mentioned, it was hard for us to keep paying attention to the game, let alone, I can't imagine how his teammates were feeling. Um, Eric Chernak called him a brother, which I feel is a really good indication of how that locker room feels about the guy sitting next to him, skating next to him. Um, not funny necessarily by any means, but my mom, huge sports fan and obviously pays attention to the lightning because of me. She lives in Philadelphia. But uh, the following morning, we, no, it wasn't that late of a night because we just went to Long Island, but um, my phone was blown up and it was her texting me a million times. Oh my gosh, Mikhail Sergachev, how is he? What do you know? Is he going to be okay? Like she was losing her mind just because she saw what happened and it was just awful. So yeah, that's my minus. Yeah, it was. We've talked about it probably enough, but it, it really was like, just the whole mood around the rink was just so somber. Um, so, Sergey, we're thinking of you. I know Lightning fans are thinking of you. And even the fact that, you know, all the all the Ranger players came out and, and showed their respect, I think that meant a lot. But, um, you know, I, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to say this, um, but he's a guy that has gotten a lot of flack this year from the fan base. And it seems like every year there's one scapegoat. And that's around the NHL with most teams. But, you know, if you read the his Instagram post, I think it was from that night when he got hurt. Um, just the raw emotion from that. There's words in that that we can't even say on the podcast, but um, he cares a lot. Um, and you could see the emotion going off the ice, obviously with his face in the towel and um, how upset he was. And um, he wants to be out there and, and wants to be playing his best hockey. We know he can be a very, very, very good defenseman in the league. Um, so I think sometimes he gets a little bit too much hate. And, you know, I think we've talked enough on here just that he really is a, a very great human being. Um, and we're pulling for him to to get healthy as soon as possible. Mm. All right. Gosh, I'm so sorry. It's all so sad. Ugh. Somber. Somber. Okay. Question corner. We're wrapping up here. We are. Yep. So let me start with a disclaimer. Get this out of the way. 
Each Tuesday morning as the Into the Blue podcast drops, we are giving you a chance to win an autographed puck from a Lightning player. In the show, we will give you a question that we asked a player and you have until Sunday night to get your guess in as to what their answer was by responding to our post on X from the at Bolts radio account or by emailing boltsintotheblue at gmail.com. We will pick one winner at random from all correct entries. No purchase or payment necessary. Restrictions apply. Visit tampabaylightning.com forward slash into the blue for full rules, prize description, odds, and other info. Avoid where prohibited. Dun, dun, dun. Thank you. And the question this week, this was a tough question. Um, I would have liked to see more guesses because I do think someone would have guessed the correct answer. Um, but the question was, if Luke Glendening could have any famous coach from outside of hockey coach his hockey team, who would he choose? His answer was... John Wooden. Why is that? I don't know. I just, uh, I like his philosophy. John Wooden, a very classic coach. I know you aren't too familiar with <laughs> Not too with familiar. Him. Know the name, but... Um, yeah, I know. I, I should know this off the top of my head probably, or I should have looked it up, but I know there's a book... I'm not sure if he wrote it or if it was uh, written about him, but there's a very, very popular book um, in terms of like sports uh, related books. I love that those. I think was very good. Um, yeah, you do. So you'd probably like that one. Um, but a very historically well-regarded coach. I know we saw um, a Jim Harbaugh guess. I thought that was a great guess just based off of the Michigan mm-hmm. ties, but no winner this week. Um, need more guesses. Uh, remember, guys, like to guess. Um, the Bolts Radio account tweets every time the episode drops. Guess, you know, the answer here. So if you're looking for where you need to submit your guest, again, you can email in or just try to find that post on um, on the Bolts Radio account and you could win a signed puck. So with that, I will pass it over to Gabby for this week's question. This week's question is, <clears throat> if Austin Watson could have one superpower, what would it be? Just like we do every week, I'm going to put oh you on the spot. Oh my well, gosh, here's I me. need to come prepared and actually think about this. I know, I do too. Because now this is the best strategy by me. I always ask you what you would pick and then I just try to like think about it. Yeah, while that's you, not uh, cool. Think of yours. I don't know because every superpower that I'm thinking of, I'm also just thinking of, and I'm a very positive person. I'm thinking of the negative effects of that. Yeah. There's some that like, I'm like, oh, like ability to read minds that'd be cool but then i'm like oh, i don't really know if i want that <laughs> Can you like I, I i don't know if i want that i think i'll just go with um i'll go with flying I know, that be was cool to fly. that was my thought too that actually would be awesome yeah so we're a couple flyers let us know what you guys uh superpower you would pick and try to guess austin watson's you can win a signed puck it's that easy it's that easy thank you so much for joining us for this episode of into the blue we will see you next week see you next week follow lightning radio on social media at bolts radio and don't forget to hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode of into the blue